hey there, this is Pierce Vanderslice, young adult pastor of the Heights, and this is the Sermon Recap Podcast. And so I'm joined here by our pastor, Gary Singleton, and we are wrapping up our third and final week of Into the Harvest. Gary, I've got to, before we really jump in, I'm shocked that you worked at, at Taco Bell. <laughs> Did, was there anything particularly that like, because of working there, you would recommend we should never eat at Taco Bell? Like, <laughs> what, what's some insider knowledge? Is there? Mm, you know, um, I graduated, uh, gosh, back in 1977. So you've got to understand, it was 1977 when I worked at Taco Bell. So um, A little pre-Baja Blast. Day. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, you know, it's so funny. Um, this is totally random, but uh, I was driving yesterday and I saw a Long John Silvers. Ooh. And uh, I remember in high school, man, there was a Long John Silvers right next to Taco Bell. And uh, it was such a treat to get to go <laughs> <laughs> eat at Long John Silver's as a nice break from Taco Bell tacos. So anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. There you but go. <laughs> anyways, so this whole series, we've been walking through Matthew 9, 37 and 38. And I want to read just the first part of verse 37. It says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And you mentioned that if if Jesus says he's the Lord of the harvest and Jesus is inviting us into labor for the harvest, then work must be good because Jesus is not going to oversee anything that's bad or evil, right? And then you went in and I thought this was really, really helpful to kind of give us a framework, a theology of work to sort of set a foundation for how that then takes us into working into the harvest, right? Yeah. But, but I want to read you a quote uh, of an article or really the title of an article by Fortune magazine. It says, American workers hate their jobs so much that nearly half of them wouldn't wish it on their worst enemy. So in light of, as this article says, the 50% of Americans that, that don't like their job, how do we embrace God's view of work in a job that, that we don't mm -hmm. like, that we loathe? Yeah. You know, a theology of work uh, that I think is very sound, very biblical, is that we're called to labor for the glory of God. And if you really stop to break that down, what does it mean? It means that the way I do my job reflects well on who God is. The way I interact with others, the, the way I do my job, the effort, the energy, the excellence, it causes others to think more of God, not less of God. More of Jesus, not less of Jesus. So I work for the glory of God, and for the good of others. Uh, because as it turns out, the great commandment, the greatest, is that I love God, and then the second greatest is that I love my neighbors myself. And so uh, whether I happen to like what I'm doing or not, and there's nothing wrong with if you hate what you're doing, apply for another job and God may open the door. That's sure. awesome. But, but the fact is, as long as you are there, uh, a great theology of work would say, I'm going to do my work in such a way that it brings glory to God. It makes people think more of Jesus. And I'm going to do this job. If it's pushing a broom, if it's collecting garbage on the side of the road, I'm going to do this for the benefit of others. And and that's, that's what God calls us to do. Yeah. And so a theology of work applies similarly to being the senior pastor of the Heights or 
the cash register at working the cash register at Taco Bell. Absolutely. And it's interesting, and this isn't really the point, but but I think if you take a theology of work, it'll increase satisfaction in any job because you realize you're there for a larger purpose than, as you said, frying tortillas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it really does. Okay, let me give you a few more stats. That, if we allow please. it to. Uh, yes. If we don't really value, in other words, I, I don't want to be too harsh or critical, but if I value myself and my pleasure and I just want to feel good and I want to feel fulfill, fulfilled, if I value that more than I value glorifying God, then I'm not ever going to bring get pleasure out of a job that I don't enjoy doing. I mean, it just depends on whether I'm going to love God more or myself more. But yeah. if I'm willing to love God more, then yes, I can find meaning in anything that that I ever do, right. that, that I ever have to do or for a job to earn a living. Yeah, right. That's good. Yeah. And, and that in a way plays plays well into kind of where I wanted to go next. Okay. Um, so, so just before this, I, I was researching uh, a couple stats. So 26% of Americans work from home. 24% of moms are stay-at-home moms, so mm-hmm. they don't work in a traditional setting. And then 70% of U.S. adults between ages 65 and up are retired. So mm-hmm. working from home, stay-at-home yeah. mom, retired, how do folks who who don't have a traditional job, a traditional nine mm-hmm. to five, like you said, right. how do they embrace God's view of work? Yeah. Well, well, to me, working from home is just like working from the office. Sure. I mean, so many people now have hybrid jobs. Right. Uh, members of my own family do, you know, where they're going to the office part of the day. They're at home part of the day working. Uh, they're in the office part of the week, at home part of the sure. week. And, and so... Um, I think that one is saying, you know, in other words, hey, I'm going to, what I do today, I want to do it in such a way causes others to think more of Jesus, not less. And I want it to benefit someone. I want to mm-hmm. bless someone, right? Now, a stay-at-home mom, uh, I, I'm telling you, my, my wife stayed home for many, many, many years, and there's no doubt, I'm not just saying this because it's politically correct, there's no doubt most days I would have a lot rather gone to the office yes. and do what I was doing than to stay home and do what she was doing. Uh, stay-at-home moms work themselves yes. silly. I yeah. consider it a vacation oh, to come to work. 100%. Yeah. yeah. We just kept our, our granddaughters this past weekend. And I'm not going to say we were counting the hours until <laughs> Megan and Corey got back, but I will say we were ready for a break, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and so we love them, but it but it was also a yeah. lot of work. You so, served your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Served our time. So um, the, the 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 they're they're definitely working. And then the same thing applies. Hey, do this. You're raising kids. You're keeping the house. You're doing all kinds of labor, and and do it so that your kids, uh, your neighbors, your family thinks more of Jesus, not less of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it to benefit your kids, your family, your you know, and so you're doing it to be a blessing, and uh, and then retirement—that's a whole different deal. Uh, retirement is not a biblical concept, right? right? Yeah. Uh, we don't we don't always have to. And I want to retire from doing the work of ministry for a paycheck one day. But but God never gives any of us the opportunity to retire. And and I've found that the people who are 
um, the most satisfied with life are those who continue to labor for the glory of God and for the good of others. I, I know uh, she would get on to me if I used her name, but I know somebody that just turned 80 years old that, uh, man, rocks babies every single Sunday. And if you see this lady, she is vibrant. She is full of life. She is full of joy. She is stronger. I'm absolutely convinced she could beat me in a foot race today. <laughs> uh, she's in better health, better shape than I'm in. And, and she is just serving Jesus every single week in numerous ways. And then I know others who are 80 years old and they're sitting at home and they're not laboring for the glory of Jesus. They're not, they're not laboring for the benefit of others. They're not doing anything to serve anyone. They are truly just retired from God, from work, from the office, from everything. And they're miserable and, and 80 years old and sit around the house. And why don't my grandkids call me? Why don't my kids come to see me? And they're just focused on themselves and they want to be blessed. And God calls us to be a blessing, yeah. not to sit around griping because others aren't blessing us. And so I would say get retirement out of your head and, uh, and, and keep laboring, working for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of, of a mutual friend that we we both have who's a retired physician, was extremely successful in his practice, and yet he would all but say that the most meaningful work he is doing in his entire life has been since retirement and him being able to raise up younger uh, men and teach them how to follow Jesus. And I think he would also say he's having as much fun as he's ever had in life doing that. Yes. Um, and for someone young like me, it sometimes almost gives me a sense of, I want to work as hard as I can so I can retire as early as I can. Because when you retire correctly mm -hmm. in a kingdom perspective, and I know that's hard 100%. to say because retirement is not a biblical concept. Yeah. But that's when life can can be so, so sweet. And that you get, to, you get to do the things that you're wired and passionate for. Yeah. Not have to worry about the paycheck. Right. And you get to invest in the kingdom. Like, yeah. that... I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to retire. I, I got a few years, I think. Is is 40 becoming the new retirement age by wow. chance? No? Wow, I don't no. know. Okay, so I, I want to close with this question, okay. because, I, and I'm so excited to ask you this. So you mentioned that, that your prayer for us as a church, and I know this is true because you mention this almost every time you preach, but your prayer for us as a church is that we would be 5G disciples who own the mission. That was kind of your last point, your application. Yeah and go into the harvest. So let's dream a bit. Paint a picture of, of what do you think our church, and let's expand out to our community, and, and maybe even our world would look like if just little old Heights Church in Richardson, Texas at Renner and 75 really embraced this call to be 5G disciples who go mm. into the harvest. What, yeah. what would it look like? I mean, just, just like I said Sunday morning, just what an incredible dream if every single person who attends here at the Heights would genuinely go into the fields that are wide under harvest and lead someone to faith in Jesus, that's, that's called making a disciple, that's evangelism, that's sharing the gospel. And then if every one of us would then baptize the mm -hmm. person that we led to the Lord, and then if every one of us would stick around for the next year and teach that person how to become a follower... I mean, how many people would be saved this next year? It'd be over 
2,000? Would it be 3,000? You know, I I don't know the number of people who regularly attend the Heights because not everybody shows up every Sunday, so you can't just do a Sunday count. But but you could imagine that we would see two, three, four thousand baptisms this next year. Mm-hmm. We would see the the you talk about heating up the value of discipleship. Uh, we would see the value of discipleship so heated up because there'd be so many new believers and so many people getting baptized. Uh, we would just be crying for more disciple makers that could teach others how to follow Jesus. I'm telling you, revival would break out yeah. there there would be so much excitement about the kingdom of God and growing the kingdom of God. Uh, I mentioned to you earlier, we get out of something what we put into yeah. it. Yeah. And, and if we're just kind of an attender at church and a consumer of religious goods, we don't get a lot out of it. And, and we're just kind of checking a box. But man, if we begin to invest our life in the fields that are white unto harvest, invest our life in kingdom work, all of a sudden, the most exciting part of our life is not what we do nine to five. Yeah. It's what we're doing for Jesus and the kingdom of God. Our excitement, our love for the Lord would just skyrocket. You said if we baptized 2,000 people next year, which yeah. is, I yeah. totally agree, that that would be a, a fruit of... Yeah, this year, 2024. Yeah. yeah. That would be 40 baptisms a Sunday. Whoa. Can you imagine? You'd have to preach five-minute sermons. I know. And, and I know, I'm sure you would be okay doing that if it was for 40 baptisms. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, I didn't do the math on that. That's pretty profound. I won't tell you that I had to do it on my calculator. Okay, by okay. No, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, I but it. I just told everyone to listen yeah. to this podcast. Yeah. Um, but, but even then, you expand that to the community. I mean, and, oh, and yeah. think about 2,000, 4,000 people going out in to Richardson, to Plano, to Wiley, to live, work, and play with with the yeah. imprint of Jesus on their heart, right? Yeah. You would see in our community, you would see, I think, less folks going hungry. Right. 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 You would see uh you would see less kids without moms and dads. I mean the ripple effects yeah. that the gospel would have in Richardson and then spilling out into the rest of our community state and so oh. forth. It's like you said that that is yeah. where revival begins and in fact, I think revival each time in history has begun with a lot smaller group than what we would be right. starting with. Yeah. And so, you know, Pierce, just to add to that point, and I mentioned this Sunday, we do the 4G work. Yeah. And the 4G work, when we really are doing that, then that leads us yes. to, to do the 5G work. Part of the 4G work is the work of giving time, talent, treasure. And I said this in the sermon when we do the work of serving, the serving actually opens the door yeah. so often to the sharing. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about, man, the hungry are fed, the the, the homeless are housed, the, the naked are clothed, that really is true because if we're going into the fields that are white into harvest, just like Jesus did, we start with meeting physical, real needs, and that opens the door to then sharing the gospel. So it really does impact uh, the 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 health and the well being of the people in our community when we when we're doing kingdom work. It's so exciting. It, it I know this is just a podcast, but I'm I'm grinning over here with excitement to just dream about that reality. And so, hey Gary, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be back again next week with a new series called Hey God, Where Are You? And so we hope that you of course join us on Sunday, but then also tune in next week for our sermon 
recap podcast. And Pierce, who's preaching that sermon next week? It's actually me. And so I'm I'm gonna host the podcast and be interviewed. It'll be my dream come true. It'll just be me talking. And yeah, that's what I live for. But no, thanks, Gary. And uh, appreciate your time. You bet. Thank you.